With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Randy Young provides us with that glimmer of hope. Hey, fellow Warzone listeners. My name is Zach Camps. Uh, if I'm not golfing or slinging my hands in Monster, I'm usually thinking about Dynasty Fantasy Football. A couple months back, I joined the Patreon just to take my Dynasty passion to the next level. And I'll tell you what, well, let's just say there's writer downers for days in the Patreon. As a member, you get access to the bonus pod where the guys take the filter off and talk about a wide variety of topics that maybe they won't cover on the normal show. You also get access to Memphis and Jerry for one-on-one advice, personal dynasty dilemmas. They'll tackle them for you, help you out with it. You just don't get that anywhere else. But I'd say my favorite part about the Depth of Patreon is the uh, the group chat. Tell you what, these guys are some excellent minds, tons of fun. The fire in there is amazing. Great platform to post trade questions, debate rookie values, share insight, interact with some cool people from across the globe. You know, Shout out to those guys in Australia. They're blowing my phone up all the time. You know, the best part is there's no Twitter trolls or Facebook trolls arguing about stuff they don't know anything about. So uh, if you want to enjoy your dynasty experience even more, win those championships, pause the podcast right now, sign up, and you can thank me later in the group chat. What's happening, guys? Happy Wednesday and happy draft eve. And welcome to the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty podcast. On today's show, it is going to be a two-parter. Now, There is no man of the hour. There is no man with the power. He is busy getting his work on, and I am a little under the weather, but the show must go on. So the two-parter tonight is going to be the first 20, 15 minutes of the podcast is going to be my final 10 takeaways going into the NFL draft, which is on Thursday, if you're listening to this, on Wednesday, the 27th. The second part will be what I consider the genesis, the original iteration of our Patreon. It is a contractor episode. This is an episode with a gentleman named Randy. Great name, by the way. Uh, But Randy and I break down one of his teams. We just talk about dynasty fantasy football. And I'll explain that as I wrap up the top 10. So please stick around at the end of my top 10 and listen to what I like to consider an old school contractor issue. I will I'll preface that as I jump into the show. So again, Jerry's out this week. He had some business to take care of. I'm not feeling the best, but the show does go on. And this is, it actually was a milestone a couple of weeks back. So Jerry and I have not missed a Wednesday drop in over 200 weeks. It's actually 202. In six weeks, we will hit our four-year anniversary of never missing a Wednesday. Uh, You can fact check that if you're a fact checker over on podbean.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. And Jerry and I have done this in spite of vacations, school commitments, work commitments, family commitments. You name it, Jerry and I, along with so many wonderful friends like 
Kyle and Kyle, and maybe you remember the name Seth and so many more. We really value your listenership, tuning in each and every week to the Dynasty Warzone and now our other shows. But the Wednesday show has always been our prize, has been the streak. So that's why, even though I'm not feeling well, I still wanted to make sure we put some fresh content out for you going into the draft and to share part of our patron experience. So without for any further ado, I'm going to jump into that right now. And I'm going to give you my top 10 takeaways uh, going into the draft. Now, I'll do this again coming out of the draft. Maybe I'll jump on and do it Sunday. I don't know. I'm going to be doing a guest spot with the guys over at the Dynasty Happy Hour this weekend. So make sure you tune into that as well. Uh, But here are my top 10 takeaways going into the draft. Uh, This is a draft where I would be looking to trade first for proven players. Now, obviously, if I have the 101, the 102, even the 103 in a super flex, maybe I wouldn't be as interested in trading, but I am 100% committed to being open to deal. Uh, If you could get a a GM that's maybe out of love with DJ Moore, maybe he thinks he's never going to fire and you can give the 104 for him, I'd do it in a heartbeat. Same with Terry McLaren. You get a little bit later in the first, like the 108, 109. If I could give you the 108 for Michael Pittman Jr., done deal, sold American. I do not like this class at all. Uh, I think that goes without saying. Now, I'm going to cover that in some other tips in in, uh, my top 10 here in a minute. But uh, yeah, I I am looking to trade first for proven players and let someone else play the, the game that is rookie picks. Number two takeaway going into the NFL draft is I can't fault you for taking Malik Willis at the 103 in a super flex. I've seen some services where they talk about him as the 101 or even the 102. I can't I can't get behind that at the 103 fine earlier in the draft season, the pre-draft season. I thought I could maybe pull the trigger at the 107, the 106. I'm up to the 103. I'm still taking Kenneth Walker, and I'm still taking Brees Hall over Malik Willis. Now, that will lend me into my my next topic is that, um, I guess we'll call this 2.5. And, and that is no one in this draft is really landing spot dependent. So if Kenneth Walker, I do have one guy that I believe is, I'll get to that later. But, you know, if Kenneth Walker gets a bad spot, then I can see taking Malik Willis at the 102. But I am to the point, I have moved Malik Willis up in a super flex to at least my 103. Could be my 102, not going to be my 101, but could be my 102 is currently my 103. Malik Willis, I cannot fault you in a super flex if you take him in the top three picks. My next one. This is going to be the ultimate draft where people tell you that you need to trade back. You need to trade back. And you're going to hear the same story on Thursday night with the NFL is that Jacksonville wants to trade back and Detroit wants to trade back and everybody wants to trade back because this is a draft without a lot of premium blue chip can't miss prospects. And that's just not me saying that. I mean, you listen to all the draft service draft services out there. They are very unenamored with this draft class. But here's the thing. You can't trade back if you get no action on the pick. You have to be prepared to make that pick. So, yes, I would love to trade back from the 104 in a super flex or even the 103 in a 1QB league. If no one's wanting to do a deal, 
you've got to be prepared to pull that trigger. So you're going to hear a lot of services say, trade back, trade back. Okay. And this is something that Jerry and I will dive into as we get past the NFL draft. We're going to teach you or help you, I should say, how to trade back, who to trade back for, when to trade back, how to trade back. We're going to do a pre-rookie draft special here on the show. And we'll we'll mix some of that in as how to win, in quotation marks, win your rookie draft. Um, everyone's talking about landing spots for running backs and wide receivers. And I think that's key. Um, we've heard scary rumors that the Washington Commanders are interested in Brees Hall. That would be bad. We have, you know, heard that teams like Cleveland or Kansas City or Green Bay are interested in wide receivers, and we all think that would be good. But I don't think that there's enough talk about tight end landing spots. I think this tight end class has been hated on more than any, and I think there's a couple of landing spots that if you get the right combination of NFL actual draft capital, whether that's Friday, I don't think there, I'd be willing to bet, I think you can get action on this over at like DraftKings or FanDuel, I'd be willing to bet there's not a first-round tight end in this class. But if you get day two draft capital for a guy like Trade McBride or, um, oh, my God, uh, Ruckert out of Ohio State or Likely or any of these top three or four tight ends, and if they go to a spot like Indianapolis or Green Bay or Cincinnati or even the Giants or the Commanders, I'm going to bump those guys up my board significantly especially if it's Trey McBride. That's my dude in this draft. I'll talk more about him later. But takeaway going into the draft number four is everyone's concerned about landing spots for running backs and wide receivers, but there will be sneaky value for tight ends in this class if they land in the right spot. Uh, point number five, in a super flex, I am not taking any QB in the first round not named Malik Willis. I don't care. If Kenny Pickett gets first round draft capital, I don't care. I want him at value like I got years ago with Daniel Jones, like I got years ago with Josh Allen. If you've been listening to this show for the first four years we've been doing it, you know, these are guys that Jerry and I have been touting um, that you can always get cheap. But I cannot advocate you as much as I love cheap Superflex QB talent. I cannot advocate for you taking a QB in the first round. I would, I would, if you have someone who wants to go QB, maybe that's the opportunity to trade that I talked about earlier, but I, I, even Desmond Ritter and his four five forty, and I know people like to, you know, masturbate that stat into submission, but the guy shrinks, the bigger the competition and the competition's about ready to get really, really tough. The only saving grace for a guy like Ritter or Pickett is that they may fall so far in the draft that they may actually land with some good organizations like the Saints, like the Steelers. I've heard on podcasts recently that both of those clubs could be looking at QB. Uh, I think that would be interesting, considering they both signed cheap veterans in the offseason. That would shake up the Superflex market. But as of today, going into the draft, I'm not pulling the trigger on a QB in round one not named Malik Willis. My number six takeaway going into the NFL draft on Thursday is Drake London is my bust. I'm going to go ahead and put my name on it. I don't have the uh, I don't have the Herm Edwards. You can find it out there. Put your name on it. You know this is the best I got. So I'm going to say this, and then I'm going to drop a sounder at the end. 
but I'm going to say Drake London is my bust of this wide receiver class, and I can't put my name on it, but I can get my man Crit Mack to back me up. Drake London, bust of this wide receiver class. Point number seven going into the NFL draft, uh, my takeaway number seven, is Dynasty ADP is not set in stone. I know underdog, sleeper, a lot of great, like the nerds, they do a great job with mock drafts. Uh, my boy, Ryan McDowell and Shane, uh, oh my God, uh, at Sh Shane's the worst. Uh, Shane Manella, Jesus Christ. I want to say Shane Hallam, but that's my other good friend, Shane. Shane uh, Manella and Ryan McDowell over at the DLF. Those guys do great stuff. But remember that ADP is going to influence where you see these guys in your sleeper app and in MFL. So when you go to go into your actual rookie draft room, their position on that draft board is going to be skewed. And that's not set in stone, but here's it can't be undone. So I've, I've played in enough MFL leagues. I'm going to have an MFL draft on Saturday night, the Ultimate Dynasty Podcasters League, with such many awesome people as Tyler Gunther, Dynasty Nerd Rich, uh, Izzy from the DTC, so many more great people, J Mike, and um, just, I, I can't name them all, John Bauer. I, I, I'm trying to, to ramble through as many as I can, but we're going to do that on MFL. And where we've seen these guys going is going to influence that on MFL. And I've got to be savvy enough to know that that ADP is not set in stone. And you should know that too. I'm going to be looking for a lot of the running backs if they get day two draft capital, which means if they get drafted on Friday, particularly in the second round, if a guy like Isaiah Spiller pops in the second round, uh, any of these guys, uh, Kyron Williams from Notre Dame, if the NFL puts second round draft capital on these guys, I, I'm going to have to move them up my draft board. And I know we've been burned before by Keyshawn Bonds and the like, but here's the thing. We've been burned by plenty of wide receivers in the past, like J.J. Arthago-Whiteside and, and Corey Davis, it happens. So I'm going to be looking for the blips, especially if you're doing drafts this weekend, looking for the blips where the ADP has not had enough time to correct. Now that ADP, as you get closer to June and July, if you do a late summer rookie draft, then that ADP could correct. But right now, the sooner you draft to the NFL draft, the more inaccurate that ADP will be. And there's uh, value out there in that marketplace. Uh, Brees Hall, point number eight going into the NFL draft. Brees Hall is my only non-landing spot dependent rookie on this class. And I say that with a forked tongue. Yes, I believe that Brees Hall is that talented, that he could be successful anywhere. Now, if he lands, like for some reason, Chris Ballard gets a wild hair and trades up for him, which, you know, is it possible? Sure. Is it probable? No. But if he lands in Indy, if he lands in Dallas, if he lands in anywhere where there's an established alpha already there, then that would be weird. Tennessee would be another one. But if he lands somewhere like Arizona, there's going to be some jack wagon out there, some jackass that says, well, they just paid James Conner. I have to move Brees Hall out of my 101. Cool. Go right ahead. That just made the 102 a lot more valuable in leagues that I'm in. Uh, Brees Hall is a stud. He checks every box for me at the running back position. And 
and with so many of the top 12 running backs. And, and I'm even going to kind of semi-toss Kenneth Walker in there. With so many of the top 12, again, I mentioned the DLF with McDowell and Shane. You know, if you look at their first-round startup mocks, in regular, not rookie, but but actual mocks, look at the running backs inside the top 12. More than half are 26 or older. This time next year, you'll have guys like Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, Joe Mixon. They'll be going into year seven, year seven of their of their pro career. The league needs more stud guys to go up in that top three to four with Javante Williams, with JT, with Najee Harris, with Swift. We need some more young blood. And I'm telling you, you're, you're not going to get hurt with Brees Hall regardless of landing spots. So that's my... My point number eight, my point number nine going into the NFL draft is I'll have more Sky Moore and Trey McBride than anyone else going into this draft. Uh, I, I just, now their ADP could skyrocket post NFL draft and maybe I'll have to reevaluate that. But those are the two guys that I, obviously Brees Hall goes without saying, but these are the two guys that I absolutely love in this class and especially in tight end premium. I'm going to have a ton of Trey McBride, and I'm going to have a ton of Sky Moore. And my last tip, note, nugget, takeaway going into the the draft is today. If you're listening to this on Wednesday, if you're at work, if you're not driving a car, don't do it if you're driving a car. That would be dangerous, and you could get hurt. But when you get a second, create tiers of players. And that's not just wide receiver tiers. That's not just running back tiers. That's just tiers in general. Hey, like for me, my top three tier is Willis, Walker, and Hall. Okay, cool. If I'm in the top three, that's who I'm picking. Then I would create a tier of four through eight or four through seven, whatever that, that tier looks like. And then that way you have a value of these guys going into the draft. So that was my top 10 takeaways going into the NFL draft on Thursday night. All right. And now I'm going to jump into the second half of the show. This is a Patreon podcast I recorded eh, about a week ago with my man, Randy from our patron group. And it was a contractor. And for those of you that have followed me or the show for any length of time, you know that the used to be dynasty happy hour contractor was the genesis of our patron. It was a way of helping people get better at Dynasty. And to my knowledge, it's still the only show where Patreon or otherwise, where we bring you, the subscriber, in this case, the patron, onto a show. We record it. We go over one of your rosters. We actively help you get better. Just have a conversation about Dynasty. Hey, it's like, if you do this, then you could do this. If you do that, then you could do that. And we talk about ways to improve this roster, where it's at. Um, in this particular roster, it's the last year, what I think is his competitive window, some moves to make maybe now or to make in season. And that's what being a patron over at patreon.com forward slash dynasty war zone is all about. It's about helping people get better at dynasty. It's about helping people build better rosters and it's about friendships. And I, I, I will just say this. I think it's the best pay and I'm a member of patrons. I think it's the best patron out there. And I know my opinion is biased, but I think we have a great mix of ladies and gents. We have tons of leagues. 
two years in a row. Everyone's been paid out on time within a week of the season ending. And it's just a great community. And it's the best way to support the show. Um, it keeps the lights on, pays for streaming services, blah, blah, blah. And that's what helps make the Dynasty Warzone possible. So please sit back and listen to this upcoming segment with my man Randy as we go over his roster and just dynasty in general. He's a great dude. That's a great conversation. And I hope it inspires you. I hope it inspires you to consider joining the Patreon. Uh, but I will say this, uh, if maybe the patron's not in your budget right now, maybe it's just not for you. You can always support the show by going over to Apple iTunes and, and leaving us a five-star review. Why Apple? I don't know. But that that's a great way. I'm asking you for a favor. Hey, can, can you do me a solid? Can you hit pause on this? Go into Apple iTunes, leave us a five star and help us grow the show that way. Go to YouTube Now, this particular edition because I'm under the weather and I don't want my runny nose on camera. Uh, but going over to YouTube, subscribing to the YouTube channel, great way to help support the show. So there's the patron and all the things that come with it, including conversations like the one I have with Randy over at patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. But you could also check out Hate Brand Goods and their app. Just go to the Apple or Google Play App Store, search HVIII, and you'll find the app as well as how to order stuff. If you decide you see something you like, promo code Memphis goes a long way. These are just ways to support the show as we go into the summer months. I want to thank you for being a loyal listener. Enjoy my conversation with my man Randy as we try to make this roster better and look at it from a couple of different vantage points. But until next week, when I have my man Jerry back and we'll be doing a post-draft recap, thanks for tuning in. Have a great week. And remember, here at the Dynasty War Zone, we're just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football. Talk to you soon, guys. Enjoy the draft. What's happening, guys? Happy draft week and happy Patreon. It is your boy. It is Memphis. And tonight's episode is going to be a contractor episode. Uh, I want to thank a, a guy with a great name. Uh, I want to thank Mr. Randy for jumping in with me. Randy, what's going on, buddy? Not much. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. I'm going to go by Memphis so that you can be uh, you can be Randy for for this particular show. Well, thank I'm you for answering the thank you for answering the uh, the bat. The bat signal. Now, what is your your handle? Is it Lions Pride in the group chat so everybody knows who I'm talking to? Yeah, Lions Pride twenty. Now you are another. Now it's Randy Brown. For those that don't know, we have three Randys, and Randy Brown is Lions Pride. Also Lions Pride on Lions Pride twenty on Twitter, right? Yes, that's right. And uh, another lowly Lions fan. Now, how long have you been a Lions fan? Since the Billy Sims days. So late seventies, late 70s. All right. So you lived through, you lived through some good times. You had a uh, Barry Sanders. I did Barry Sanders, Billy Sims, some Calvin, a little Stafford in there. Who was the wide receiver? Uh, I'm missing in there. Um, who Marvin Harrison broke his receptions. Herman Moore. Herman Moore. Thank you very much. Um, just Detroit has had talent. It's always been a matter. It's always been a matter. It seems like whenever Detroit's good, it's some combination of the Bears or Packers are always just a little bit better. It's a uh, horrible timing for sure. Yeah, I, I think what Detroit's got going on right now, you know, we talk about building dynasty rosters. I think what, what Detroit's doing right now, now we're, as we're recording this on the Sunday of draft week, 
I, I think that what Detroit has done thus far is really building the infrastructure of what's going to be a really good team. I'm, I'm very optimistic about the way they're going. I was uh, a little skeptical when they brought uh, Dan Campbell in because I just didn't know anything about him. But I've come to grow to love him and what they're doing and him and uh, Brad Holmes. I think they really have it pointed in the right direction. But I've drank the Kool-Aid before and been burned. So there's always that cautious optimism. You know why I like Dan Campbell besides the fact that I'm a bit of a kneecap biter myself <laughs> is that I, I like the fact that he did not coach one side of the ball. He's never been an offensive coordinator or a defensive coordinator. He had an interim head coaching stint as the head coach of the Dolphins for a part of one season uh, when they filed, fired Tony Sperano, not to be confused with Tony Soprano, a uh, different boss. And, uh, a little different uh, personality. A little, little bit, and he uh, he was tied in. So he, what the, the side of the ball he would lean to would be offensive. And the fact that he learned under Sean Payton, I, th- I think that people underestimate that quite a bit. It's like we want to give reverence to the Andy Reid coaching tree. We want to give reverence to the Bill Belichick coaching tree. But I, I got to say over the last two decades, I'd say Sean Payton has been pretty successful, at least as – successful as anyone not named Bill Belichick to be. Yeah, I, I, I really appreciate the fact that he's able to check his ego at the door. He just wants to uh, everybody buy in and very much an all-inclusive coaching staff. It's not I, a dictatorship. It, it's, you can see when people get buy-in, when, when a leader has buy Now, my fear is that eventually that message – especially as that team grows and gets a little bit older, because he's only going to have so many stories. He's only going to have, you know, so many rah-rah, get everybody up spots. So he's going to be a guy who's going to have to continue and develop and add to his game. But um, as you know from being a, a loyal listener of the show, I've been on, I've been a Dan Campbell fan since I first heard him, and, and we want to paint him as a Neanderthal and a caveman, but I think he's actually clever like a fox. I agree. A, lot of people, a lot of people fooled. He's very smart. I think he plays that up a bit and embellishes that, but uh, I think he uses it to his own benefit too. A hundred percent the way a good magician uses sleight of hand. They want you to focus on the one thing so you don't see all the other things they're doing behind the scenes. So loyal Lions fan, uh, I, I think you're going to look back in about a year and when they replace Goff and they have this awesome offensive line and these skill positions dialed in and a really good defense – and just about the time that the, the Packers – did you hear the comment that uh, – wasn't Mark Murphy, it was uh, Gutenkunz, the the GM said, it's that Aaron doesn't have a three-year contract. Aaron has a series of one-year contracts. Yeah, I think it's – I actually like where Green Bay is at now as a Lions fan because not only do they have the highest-paid quarterback, they got rid of his best playmaker. I think the contract's going to kind of hamstring him a little bit and – Unless they bring in a third Hall of Fame quarterback behind them, I'm liking the chances of them kind of coming back to earth a little bit finally. And, and I don't, I feel like the Bears are doing it backwards, the opposite of what the the Lions are doing. They've got the quarterback, but by the time that they really will be in a position to compete, he'll be like in year three or four, if not five, of that rookie deal, and then he's going to want to get paid if he's done anything. Whereas the Lions are, you know, building this offensive line and, and, you know, bringing in all these other guys. And then when you bring in the rookie QB, then you can afford to start paying 
some of these guys on some second contracts. But we're not here to talk about how to rebuild the Lions. We're talking about how to build <laughs> one. A your plan. I mean, you know, I, I'm I'm optimistic. If Cleveland can do it, I truly believe. Now, I I hope that much like in Dynasty, the Lions don't go out and way overpay for a QB. I think that move. Now, I think from listening to this show, everybody knows that at least of the player, I'm a fan of Deshaun Watson. I like Deshaun Watson's game, and I, I like what he does between the hash marks. Off the field, not so much, but uh, I didn't like that contract at all. I think we're going to look back in about two years, and we're really going to see how that contract has, has to a degree hamstrung Cleveland. But, again, enough about that. Let's get into you. So we know you've been a Lions fan for a long time. How long have you been a dynasty gamer, a fantasy gamer, and how did fantasy sports come into your life? Um, well, I got into fantasy football back in 97. I was actually just uh, doing an online league, just didn't know anybody. So that was something I want to try. I liked uh, football a lot. And uh, I had a guy come up to me and said, hey, you do fantasy football? I'm like, yeah, I just started. He uh, commissioned a local league, got me into that league. That league's been around since then. Um so I've been in that league for 25 years now. I think we just had our 25 anniversary, and I started in another league myself four years later that I've had since then. And But those are all single quarterback keeper leagues. One keeps six, one keeps eight. So four years ago, I decided I really wanted to try the dynasty thing. I couldn't really get any of my old school buddies to buy in to converting those leagues because they've been around so long. So I just started my own, um, joined another one, and uh, – so I've got four home leagues that are all single quarterback. And then last year I jumped, jumped on and uh, joined uh, Patron 12 and now Patron 13. And uh, I got a best ball. But So about four years of Dynasty experience. Yeah, now, Dynasty is the way to go. I've never been a best ball guy. If I was like, now we just did a best ball uh, Dynasty draft with uh, some of the content creators. Uh, of the Dynasty Warzone, myself and Jerry and Kyle and Kyle and Dallas and everybody. And and I'm curious to see how that's going to go. We tried one a few years ago with JD and Dan and the guys uh, of the GOAT League. But uh, do you play best ball seasonal leagues at all? Uh, just that one league I did last year. Um, let's do it. It's just a sleeper league some guys invited me to, so I did it. And just knowing I just had to do the draft and then see how it went. I actually won that league somehow, but um, – Take the money. Don't, don't don't ever pretend like don't ever pretend like there's not some so, some skill to it. It's my, my thing with with best ball is just the the investing the money and then not being able to get paid off for like nine months. And there's so much now. the The minute the NFL draft is over, I, I could see doing a little bit of that because you know it, it'd be a hell of a thing. I don't know. Pick a running back that's in the middle that a lot of people like um, Devin Singletary is like a, an RB two, three, um, a guy like that. Uh, Chase Edmonds. Imagine drafting one of those guys right now and thinking that's going to be part of your best ball build. And then all of a sudden they draft a Brees Hall or a, a Kenneth Walker. And, and I, I, I like, I would guess I would want the picture to be a little bit clearer before making what could be a six to eight month investment. I agree. I think, uh, you know, I know we did Patron 12 beforehand, but that's a startup, and then the rookie draft's coming afterwards. But I think anything that's new should be going after the NFL draft so you have a little bit more information. But I know people get that itch when the season ends to, to do something. 
You know, I, I found the best way to do those kind of drafts, and I've never tried it on Sleeper. I've always done it through MFL, is to actually put the rookie picks in the draft. So you, instead of so like in the third round, instead of drafting, um, I don't know, like like a running back or a wide receiver, you could draft the rookie one hundred and one. Right. Knowing that that's basically a, a placeholder for Brees Hall or Kenneth Walker, whoever you, or even you know Malik Willis, whoever you fancy as your personal is your personal 101, but I, I've always enjoyed it doing that way. But, yeah, you know, it, you got to scratch that itch, right? The Super Bowl's over. Yeah. Take, you, you take a week or two. Now, by the time you take a week or two after the Super Bowl, it's March 1st. And then you go right into free agency. So I really like how the NFL has spread out the season. So let's talk about this team. Now, this is one QB, one QB. Um, got to pull up my, my show sheet here. Um, one QB. And it's got some other interesting, I guess we'll call it aspects to it. So I am looking at uh, one QB, two running backs, two wide receivers, a tight end, what looks to be two flexes. Two flex, yep. And then three IDP. Correct. Players. Now, is this Debbie as well? Is that what I saw? Yeah, we've got five Debbie spots. Um, Okay. So a little bit other uh, unique things, but I wouldn't say unique. But um, we also have... Uh, what I set up in here is progressive PPR, so half point running back, one point wide receiver, one point five for tight ends. Um, and I—that's I, that, a scoring format. How do you like that? Before I share my opinion on it, I like it because I think it equals the value out across the board a little bit. And uh, I got them. I actually commissioned this league. Um, one of the things I kind of got the guys to agree upon two years ago when I took over as commission was to because it was just so slanted towards the IDP with one point per tackle and half point for assists that uh, the only way to really balance it back out was to add some PPR because this was a non PPR league at the time. And uh, it just, you know, you get a, you get a Darius Leonard go out there and put up 14 tackles. You know, he's, he's outscoring a quarterback. So. Yes. And and I balance scoring is something that I'm, really wanting to bring more not only to our leagues over at the patreon at you know patreon.com forward slash dynasty war zone as you well know but i i I would like to champion that scoring across fantasy in general i I like it and i also like the the scott fishbowl scoring where it's punitive for quarterbacks for throwing interceptions and taking sacks this is minus two for interceptions but nothing on sacks um if i remember correctly in the scott fishbowl and this is top of my head. I believe this is the last two years. It's been negative two for a sack, negative four for an interception, and it's a half a point per completion, but then a full point deducted for an incompletion. So basically, a, Q, a QB has to be you know throwing around sixty-five. You know, I'm, I'm rounding sixty-five percent to break even, right? You know, you throw 100 passes, you complete 67. Well, you know, you got, uh, what is that, 60, you know, 33 points and 33 and a half points. But then you lose 33 points for all those incompletions. It it really, the quarterbacks, it really gives a boost to a guy like Drew Brees, who I know no longer is in the league. It gives a little bit of a boost to a Derek Carr or a Kirk Cousins, a guy, you know, who, who, uh, Aaron Rodgers, who already scores a ton in fantasy anyway. Yeah, because it just gives them that little bitty bit of a boost. Just a couple extra points for being an accurate quarterback. But but I like I like balanced scoring. 
And my only tweak to what you said, now you said half point PPR for the running backs. One point for wide receiver. And then 1.5 for tight ends. I would, right. I would, I would bump the tight ends up just a quarter point. I would go 1.75 because that's the tight end premium that I enjoy. Doesn't make it right. It just means the the scoring. For, I, I think that's great. I think it's great. Now, now, how do how do your uh, how do your defensive positions score? Because I'll tell you, I'm in an IDP league with uh, AJ and G from the Aussies, as well as you know a bunch of other really good guys and uh, our own Zach and Pat from our patron. Or jumped in this league with us as well, and it's in my opinion, we've tried from a previous iteration of this league to kind of balance the scoring a little bit. This particular league feels still slightly, maybe more than slightly, slanted in scoring to the defensive ends in particular. And uh, but how about your league? So it's one point per tackle, um, one point for assisted or half point for assisted tackle. Three points for pretty much anything else. Sacks, fumble recovery, interception is all three points. Um, and then, they, you know, defensive touchdown six. So in this league, I, what, what would you say? So 12, 12 GMs in this league? Yes, 12. 30, 36 defensive positions. How many, how many guys on a week-in, week-out basis out of those 36 – how many of those 36 weekly starters would you say are safety or corners? Five, 10. I'd say five. Very okay. few. So, I mean, I, I, in my head, I'm seeing Derwin James. It's, it's Derwin James. It's, um, I can't think of his name off the top of my head. It used to be the safety for the Seahawks for forever. Um, oh, um, oh, yeah, I'm drawing a blank now, too. Earl Thomas was. Yeah, been, Earl Thomas, yeah. He would have been. Um, you have one of those guys. Um, is it uh, Jones? Um, not Desmond Jones. Um, he's on your team. I thought it was Daniel Jones when I was first looking over your 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 lineup. But yeah, I, I found in this scoring, it, it's it's kind of it's kind of like a running back. Linebackers are a lot like the running backs. If you have a you, you mentioned Darius Leonard, uh, a guy that I did real well with last year was Jordan Brooks, also from from the Seahawks. Um, those tackling machine linebackers tend to be your big PPR running backs. Would you agree? Yep, and that's my top guys are, you know, go right along with, line with that. Uh, I've got Jordan Brooks, and then uh, my starters are uh, Parsons, which is a Debbie player that I had, so I brought him. And then Oluquan was a, a monster for me last year, and then Deion Jones. So Deion Jones, my man, thank guys. you. Thank you. I, I, so – Funny story, I work with a gentleman named Desmond Jones. And when I saw D Jones and I knew it wasn't Daniel Jones, I kept thinking of my coworker in my head over. <laughs> like he does he he's the safety environmental and health and safety manager at my workplace. He's not playing safety or linebacker for different type of safety. Different type of safety. That's correct. He does environmental health and safety. But and, and he gets no he gets zero uh help in in your in your uh IDP league and and you mentioned the the Debbie aspect. Now you said five, five, yeah. Now, now what? So f- five, five Debbies, five Debbies that uh, don't count towards your active roster. So it's thirty active roster and then five Debbie slots, and um, it really affects the draft because it's Debbie depleted draft. So you know, as far as like a rookie draft this year, almost all your top players are already rostered. Unless, you know, it, 
Debbie's one of those things where the more time you put into it, the more it pays back. This team that I have that we're going to talk about was an orphan team that I took over three years ago, and I've traded away every single player on it. So every, just took it and made it my own for good or for bad. It's a, it's not what I inherited. It's what I made out of it. So now, I've done now, a lot of it through the Debbie aspect. Now, you, you do have – um, a good roster to get to it in a minute. Now, of the 60 Debbies, and I, I would almost consider the Debbie in this format, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, almost like a super taxi squad that, to your point, really depletes your draft. But really, if if you hit, I guess is the right word, hit on those Debbies, you can really set yourself up for success. Yeah, so the, my, the home run that I have in this one is uh, when I took over, I traded um, – I don't even remember who I traded. I traded somebody away that was an older aging player and uh, got the 112 and managed to take Jonathan Taylor with that pick. So I've had him since his sophomore year. Um, and that obviously has paid off in spades. And, and I'll be honest, I like this limit of five because I found with, with, with certain Debbie leagues, like if it's a full-blown Debbie and you can have your Debbies on your quote-unquote active roster, even though you can't start them in season, I have found that especially the GMs that are really passionate and love the game of college football, they tend to carry way more Debbies than just about anything else. And it, and it creates this weird balance throughout the league. I don't know. Um, I'm not the world's greatest Debbie player. And I really leave that more for, for guys like you, our buddy Kane Fassell over at the Debbie marketplace with his co-host Shane Hallam. So uh, let, let's jump into this one QB. Tell us about your QBs. Uh, so I got Kyler Murray's my starter. Um, for good or for bad, I traded Dak away last year for Kyler um, mid-season, and then Kyler kind of tanked down the stretch. And um, I just kind of wanted somebody. I wasn't sure which direction the Cowboys were going to go. I knew they had some free agency issues coming up, and uh, Kyler I, Kyler served me well in another league. I won a championship in the year before, and. Uh, so I traded away Dak and got Kyler. So he's my starter. Um, I've got old reliable Matt Ryan. And then my debut player that uh, came on board last year is Justin Fields, and that's my quarterback room. And I believe I saw, and I, I, I'm going to butcher this guy's name, so so do forgive me, uh, DJ Ulalele? I had him at one point. I don't have him anymore. Okay, so, so that screenshot was from, from a previous team. Um. I don't see it on the screenshots I sent you. My, um, I don't have him anymore. I had him at one point, but I traded him, or I dropped him. I mean, I should say last year and picked up another one. Okay. Um, now, of your five, wh- what is the mix? I don't necessarily need, need to know the names. I mean, you can tell me. But what is the mix of your Debbie roster from a QB perspective? Do, do you carry any QBs or this not being Superflex? I don't have any QBs right now. And, and that's what I would anticipate. I would be – I would – think you would be given the scoring format of this league you'd be going for a lot of running backs and linebackers yep running backs linebackers and uh wide receivers were i think my weakness of my team is too so well we're going to jump into that okay so so you you've got your home run hitter you've got kyler murray and you've got my new favorite quarterback as a colts fan mr matty ice matt ryan and uh and you got justin fields um this is the this is the kind of I, I like that group to be honest with you in in a super flex, 
my my one concern is like there'd be a couple of times where I know people would never believe this, but like I could see when he's playing like the Rams, where you may have to consider benching Kyler Murray. I mean, I know Kyler's supposed to be an auto start, but it just feels like whenever he plays the Rams, they're his kryptonite, which is good. It's good. You you have other options. Yeah. All right, running backs. Now you're pretty loaded at running back. Go ahead and break them out for us. So we've got Christian McCaffrey, Jonathan Taylor, uh, Leonard Fournette, Miles Sanders, um, that are all in my starting lineup. And then on the bench, I've got uh, Jordan Howard, who's a roster clogger, Marlon Mack, who I have been holding on to, thinking he's going to get a shot. Um, I liked what I saw before Taylor got there. Uh, I got Zach Moss, and then I took a waiver uh, ad last year on Gore from the Chiefs. I believe he's – I think he's still there as the third stringer. Yeah, he signed – I think he signed his, like, uh, tender Ten. offer. All right. So, th- that's a stacked – that's a stacked running back group, man. I mean, you're, you're, you're in, in – so, what moves would you con- – so, like, I'll tell you what move I would consider making. What moves are you considering making with this RB group? Well, I just got McCaffrey. Um, I did a trade uh, about a month ago and gave up Swift to get McCaffrey. It was part of a uh, three-for-three trade. Um, so I don't know if you want me to lay out what that trade was or not. but um, Please. We, we love talking trades. It's the one thing is Dynasty Gamers, especially in April and May as we're waiting for a rookie. Like free agency is over and we're not quite to rookie draft season. Yes, please. All the trade talk. So um, one of the owners came to me, was interested in uh, – I started the, the talk because I have Hawkinson, so I kind of feel like I want to split up Swift and Hawkinson. You know, I like the Lions, but I know that's burned me in the past. So I wanted to move on from Swift. In this league, I've got him in some other leagues. So McCaffrey was a good target. I think his value's down right now um, after last year. And the guy that I talked to was really interested in Traylon Burks. So once I kind of got a sense of that – um, that was one of my debut players, but I was willing to move on from him. I gave up Swift, Traylon Burks, and he wanted Jamal Williams um, to back up Swift. Uh, I got back in return McCaffrey, Claypool, <coughs> Miles Sanders, and uh, pick 2-2. Debbie depleted, of course. So Yeah, but the IVP makes the, the, the 2-2 worth a little bit more, especially if there's a stud linebacker out there that, that you really like because the scoring format helps. Um Here's the thing. I, I had not questioned Swift's valuation in the marketplace until I had a conversation with Pat, one of our other patrons the other day. And Pat inspired the thought for me to look into DeAndre Swift. He's never had 200 carries in a season. Maybe he did in high school, but I can tell you he did not in college. He didn't. He has not in the pros. And someone's going to say, well, he missed seven games last year. And exactly. That's that's. That's kind of the point is that you, you got to be on the field to get the carries. So I, I'm, I'm not necessarily in disagreement with moving swift. I would say that since you have so much talent at the running back position, it's not a move you're going to make now because you need to see him on the field, right? You need to see Christian McCaffrey out there, mm-hmm. but, but, I, but I think he would be the piece that I, I personally would consider dangling to get that proven young wide receiver. I don't know that you're going to get a Jamar Chase. You've already got CeeDee Lamb on this team. Spoiler alert, we haven't got to the wide receivers yet. 
but that that's the kind of he would be the one you know going into year six of his pro career maybe he could have another two three good years left in him but you, you still have Fournette, you still have JT. He's the one you're going to build around. And I'm not saying trading for pennies on the dollar. I'm just saying he he would be out of all those names. He's got the greatest delta of name cachet slash value and proven production that yeah. could get you a, an elite piece back. He do, he does have the name cachet within this group of owners. I I do know that. And and, and that's see this is a great lesson for everybody is that. Randy clearly knows the owners in this league. He knows who they value. He knows who they covet. And I play in a league where everybody covets youth. It's like Cooper Cup's coming off of one of the greatest wide receiver seasons of all time. Someone referenced the other day on a podcast that it was the greatest season since a Jerry Rice season, like 25 years ago, 30 years ago. And you know what? I don't think you would get a fair ROI on on Cooper Cup right now just because he's not playing. He's not giving you points. But that would be the one guy. That would be the one guy I would be willing to listen to conversations on. So speaking of your wide receiver group, you said off air, this is the group that you feel like could use the most uh, the most benefit from an influx of talent. I just don't feel like I have a, a solid number two, you know, I guess I have a number two, but I, I'm used to having, you know, two two alphas, and I feel like I got an alpha and a bravo. Um, so my wide receiver room, I got CeeDee Lamb, who's my my alpha. Then I got Mike Williams. Um, let's see. Then I've got Claypool, uh, Gabriel Davis, um, Odell Beckham um, was, but now, you know, I'm not going to have him for the first half of the season. And then I've got some of these uh, what I'll call my guys that uh, brought up through the Debbie ranks. I've got Paris Campbell and Jalen Rager and Donovan Peoples-Jones. And then the one guy I have in every league is uh, Ayuk. So. Man, I, I would I would love, I would absolutely love if Jimmy Garoppolo was somehow to be a starter. So I, I, I've said this before. I am a little concerned for all the pass catchers in San Francisco until I've been given a reason not to be concerned. I don't think I'm being presumptuously concerned. I want to see it. I, I, I want to see who's going to get the targets. And with it being a low-volume offense, I think if Brandon Ayuk for some reason got mysteriously traded to Green Bay, it'd be awesome. Or San Francisco. But that's not going to be the case. Do you put any stock into the Debo moving on talk? I, I do. I just don't see it happening. I, I I understand why Debo wants to. I totally understand. Um, he is not being put in a situation that sets him up for success. But he's also in a really bad spot. Is that I believe he's 26. He has got this is the last year of his contract. I totally get him not wanting to be a running back. I tell you, given his cost. I actually shared this with you guys in the patron the other day. I'm actually looking to move on from Debo before season starts. I'm I'm looking to get his name out there. Like I make if I have Debo right now, next week, like Thursday, Friday, as the draft's going on, I'm throwing out some Debo trades. Yeah, I don't think his his uh, value is ever going to be higher than it was maybe a month ago. I think it's dropped a little bit now, but I don't think it's going to go up. I think it's going to go down. Well, what's the old expression? Squeaky wheel gets the grease. 
and he's already chirping that he does not want the running back touches or at least not as many. Right. And he had 300 yards rushing last year and eight rushing touchdowns. So you just simple math, eight times six, if you get six points per rushing touchdown, there's 48 points, 300 yards rushing. Now you're up to 78 points. You divide that by by 16 games, and all of a sudden you, you, you see a four-and-a-half, five-point blip on, on his weekly scoring in a points-per-game average. And if that goes away, where does he go in valuation? I think there's nowhere to go but down. I think he just goes back to where he was before last year. I think he goes back to a classic number two. And, and wouldn't that tell you you're never going to get more for Debo right now? Because I don't think a lot of GMs are putting two and two together. I, I just don't think that's that's a common narrative that you're hearing a lot out in the in the dynasty space. So I I would man I would love to get like a, a Stefan Diggs plus for Christian McCaffrey. Now, I wouldn't be going after picks. I would be going after, like, young players with, with some upside, you know, because you clearly need a, a, a number two wide receiver. You know, I, I don't know that you get it done, especially coming off the season we just referenced, but, like, Christian McCaffrey straight up for Cooper Cup. It's Again, possible in this league. It, it, well, and, and there you go. You're talking about two guys that if everything goes to plan perfectly – to plan, you're breaking even on a points per game basis, but you're really fill, filling out an area of your roster that needs those points. Yeah, this uh, this group of guys because it's it's old school non PPR before the running back just has so much more value uh, typically than the than the wide receiver. Um, just experience from trying to trade, you can get a wide receiver easier than you can get a running back, but. Well, there's more of them too. So you know, you I, I don't know that I'm I'm necessarily getting crazy. Maybe you can take that 202 during your Debbie rookie draft, and maybe you throw that out there for uh for you know like 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 a like a Brandon Cooks plus would be a nice piece to this team. This is a team that can win a championship, you know. And, and maybe maybe that's your approach. Maybe you hang on to Christian McCaffrey to go along with JT. You got CD Lamb, who we're all expecting to take a big step forward. And maybe you go out and add a Brandon Cooks, maybe a Michael Thomas. I think people are way, way, way down on Michael Thomas. And I've said this before on, on the podcast. I think a lot of that friction was between him and Sean Payton. I don't know if it's necessarily the team. And with Sean Payton gone and Jameis Winston, you know, not afraid to hyper target wide receivers. I think Michael Thomas could be a nice steal to convert that Debbie depleted 202 into Michael Thomas. Thoughts on that little that little thought. The uh, the Michael Thomas thing just it still fascinates me how much his value has dropped in a different league um, a couple of years ago after when he was at his peak my team was decimated with injuries and I had to do something so I traded him mid season thinking towards the next season and got four first round picks from Michael Thomas so the idea of getting him for a second round pick sounds pretty good to me well I mean and it just goes along with this build I mean this is a win now build and I, I say that in my window. I, I say that because you got Leonard Fournette in year six of his pro career back with Tom Brady, you know, as long as he stays healthy. Um, I've referenced this before at the time of his injury, he was the RB five on the season. And you're going to pair that in your flex spot with McCaffrey and JT in your RB one and RB two slot to go along with Kyler Murray, who can win you a week on any given week. And then, then you got CD lamb, 
Um, we'll get to your tight end here in just a second, but you know, you go out, you 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 get cheap yet meaningful production. Because I really like Brandon Cooks this year in year two with Davis Mills. They've got two first round picks and I think two second round picks this year. You know they're going to add some talent. They're probably going to add some beef to that offensive line. They brought in Marlon Mack, and you, you mentioned Marlon Mack's on this team. I think you got the kind of depth of the running back position that if you could acquire a solid, you know, a solid proven guy that the industry is down on, like a Michael Thomas, like a Brandon Cooks, I think that's the perfect addition to this team. What's your thoughts on Mike Williams? Because that was my my end season trade last year when he started off hot and then he you know he went cold and he was useless to me the rest of the season for the most part. You know, if if here's the thing about guys like Mike Davis, um, I'm, I'm trying to think of a of a guy in that range that, you know, like like uh, like Tyler Boyd. Okay, I, I think he's someone in that tier, right? A, a, a Tyler Boyd. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm drawing a blank in that wide receiver, you know, low end to high end wide receiver three range. I want a guy who can on any, on any given week can win me a week, right? We know that Kyler's a steady producer. JT's a steady producer. CMC when healthy, steady producer. Leonard Fournette, steady producer. You have a guys that are giving you an influx of points. I don't want a safe Tyler Boyd type guy who on an average week may give me 12 points. I'd much rather have a Mike Williams type that might go out there and give me 38 and just guarantee the week for me. Right. And, and depending on what they do in the draft, there's no guarantee that he won't get more targets than he's ever had. I'm still, he's still a guy going into what is this year six of his broker? No, it's his fifth year option here. Yep. And, and right. it's, it's, it's something like that. Year four or five, somewhere in that, we'll say five, give or take one. Just go right there. He, he really feels like a guy that if he can put together a combination of that thousand yard season and that 10 TD season and put it all together and stay healthy. It could be huge in a, in a division with Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, and an improved Raiders offense. It's going to be in a, a division where they're going to have to score points. So, so you have to have to have to love it. But again, I would be looking for that because of his injury concerns. We have yet to see a true. I think he was on pace for one, but a true wide receiver one out of CD Lamb. I'd love to have that assurance of a guy, again, like Michael Thomas, like Cooks, that type of guy. Adam Thielen is a guy who I think you can get way cheap. Yeah, I've yeah. heard you bring him up before. He's definitely something, somebody that's way undervalued right now. Well, I, 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 I remember the stat because I remember doing the research. At the time of his injury, in it was either week 12 or 13. Through that first 12 or 13 games of the season, he was the wide receiver seven on the season. You know, even, even if that production dips 25, 30%, you mean to tell me you can get a guy for next to nothing and, you know, get him, get him super cheap and he'll give you weeks where he can, you know, be a steady producer. Those are the kind of guys that I would add. Those are those ancillary pieces that just give you that depth to help you overcome injuries and in season struggles to uh, win a championship. He's the kind of guy that, like, on the back end of a – especially as a guy who plays in a dome. I love dome players. I love warm weather players in the fantasy playoffs because when it's 20 below and snowing and winds gusting 25 miles an hour in Cleveland or Pittsburgh 
or Philadelphia and you're wondering whether or not I should play Deontay Johnson or Stephon Diggs, you know what? You have no problem playing Adam Thielen in that dome. Now, he could play in Chicago, but he could also play in Detroit. So (laughs) those are those kind of cheap, low-end guys that I absolutely – Absolutely, I'm a big fan of. And then, then your tight end, you uh, you've already mentioned him, but you can go ahead and bring him up. So I've got Hawkinson's my starter, and then uh, my depth. I've got uh, Cook, who I don't know if he's going to hit what he's going to do this year. I don't even know if he's on the roster still with the Chargers. But uh, and then I got Goddard and uh, Evan Ingram. I'm a little bit not sure what to think of Ingram now that he's gone to the uh, Jaguars. I know they gave him like nine or ten million guaranteed, so I feel like he's going to be the starter over um, Dan Arnold. So I feel I feel like I got more value now than I had with him last year. I I am I so I play in a couple of must start two tight end tight end premium leagues. So you have to start two, and and I've been trying to get cheap uh, Evan Ingram where I can, which really bums me out because I already had a, a ton of cheap. Dan Arnold everywhere I could like Evan Ingram going to the Colts would have been perfect for me or a, a team like that. But I, I have no problem, but the issue that not the issue, but the concern that I have is like when you've got Goddard and you got Hawkinson, it's like every week, who am I actually going to play? Well, in this league, what I actually did a few times last year is they ended up being one of my flex because of the 1.5. Um, so I was able to throw Goddard in there a few few weeks and put Mike Williams on the bench when he was kind of tanking last year. And uh, so I do value having that. But I usually just start Hawkinson and go with him unless it's just a bad matchup or, you know, he's dinged up or something like that. It's kind of a set it and forget it for me. All right. And uh, rattle off some of these IDPs. You've already mentioned Micah Parsons, who I, I as a guy who has Micah Parsons in my one IDP league, he should be classified as a defensive end. I'm just saying. Uh, I'm just saying I need those points. I'm very heavy at linebacker, but you got Micah Parsons. Who else you got? Well, in this format, it's any position. It's not uh, specific, so I can start any of them. But I've got Deion Jones, uh, Luwakon, Parsons are my starters. And probably uh, Deion Jones probably actually wouldn't be a starter because I've got um, uh, Jordan Brooks on the bench, who I think is actually a better player at this point. Um, and then I've got Grugier. I don't even know how to say his name, but the linebacker for Houston that kind of um, had a career year last year. Uh, Daniel Hunter, um, or Daniel Hunter, I should say, um, who's been hurt. And then uh, DeMario Davis is the other one. I, I usually try and keep six because we start three. Yeah, and, and you heard a lot of really good linebackers in there. So I, I, I have no problem with that. Now, uh, how'd you do last year in this league? What was your record? Seven and seven. Made the playoffs and out in the first round. Um, All right. And what, what are your aspirations this year? Is this going to be the final year of a, of a competitive window? Um, I, I kind of see it as that you could, I mean, th- I, I think this is not a chips all in because I'm never going to, never going to put myself in a position to where I'm going to handicap my team for a long time. But I, I think this is a team that can win it all. Uh, I feel like my, I'm trending upward and the defending champ is taking a couple of hits. He's a, he's a big Mahomes fan. So he's had Mahomes and, uh, uh, Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, and he's also got Kamara. I feel like Kamara and Hill both kind of taking steps back. Uh, I feel like Kamara could be suspended pretty easily. Uh, so 
he's got a few chinks in his armor compared to what he's had in the past. And uh, my biggest concern is Murray. I just I'm afraid Murray's going to hold out or fade late in the season like he has the last two years. You know, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing what the Bears do with Justin Fields. Uh, as you know, I'm not the biggest Justin Fields proponent in the dynasty space, but man, can this guy get get something? You know, Zach Wilson got offensive line help, and 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 he got um, they they re-signed BB, and and they added um, uh, two tight ends for him. And you know, they're going to draft probably a wide receiver with one of their two top ten picks. They got Elijah Moore back. I don't know that there are any good wide receivers, but at least you got to give Jacksonville an A for effort. <laughs> you know, Trey, yeah. Trey Lance was already on a really good team. It feels like everybody but Justin Fields got some help. But I think Justin Fields still, I mean, you can't deny the guy's athleticism. No, I, I definitely, uh, he's one of those what I would consider to be a my guy. I hated that he went to the Bears because of that. But uh, I, I hate what the Bears are doing for him. As a Lions fan, I love it. But they're they're doing nothing to support him. I mean, Poles is it Ryan Poles? I think was his name, and then uh, Matt Eberflus. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just I, I don't understand. I mean, I know they inherited the guy, but I I don't know. As, as, a, as a Colts fan, it's it seems odd that you have the quarterback, and I'll be curious to see what the Colts do with theirs. But uh, I, I I think the biggest thing I'm doing with this team is I'm either going to go all in and keep McCaffrey and go win a championship. And I'm going to add some cheap wide receivers. Now you got to keep that Debbie. Now tell us your Debbies. Cause there's going to be people who listen to this and go, Hey, I like Debbie fantasy football. And you didn't mention his Debbies. All right. So real quick, run over your Debbies. I've got Travion Henderson from Ohio state, uh, Braylon Allen, the running back from Wisconsin, uh, Kayshawn Butte from uh, the wide receiver from LSU and Brock Bowers, the tight end from Georgia. And then I had uh, Traylon Burks, but I traded him as part of the uh, McCaffrey trade. By the way, the best name out there is Butte. <laughs> How do you not like that name? Butte. But uh, okay, so there you go. So for all you, all you Debbie guys, uh, I'm not moving him. I know enough about Debbie that Wisconsin running backs, good. LSU wide receivers, good. Who is the gentleman from Ohio State again? Uh, Travion Henderson. He's the yeah. RB1 there. Yep. Uh, running backs out of Ohio State, good. So so you, you've got a good mix. I, you know, I'm going to give you some kudos. I love the fact that you don't have a bunch of IDPs on your Debbie squad. It feels, like, only, you, it feels like you can always find value. The only one Debbie. I've had is uh, I had uh, Parsons on there. It's good. I just knew what he was going to – I had a gut feeling what he was going to become, and I was glad to see it come out that way. Yeah, I, I I do like Micah Parsons. I think Micah Par- I think even if you liked Micah Parsons, he had to far exceed your expectations uh, as a Micah Parsons fan. That dude's a stud. Yeah. Well, man, I I, I, w- I wish I had more. I, first, when I saw this lineup, I'm like, what was this guy just want to talk so he can brag about what a good team he's built? But no, I, I'm I'm giving you a hard time. I, I just think this is a good team, and I think this is a contender. But I think this is the, the team that if it were my team, again, I'm going to go get myself just a touch of wide receiver depth at not much cost. But this is a team that if the unfortunate happens, someone gets hurt or I lose someone, I'm immediately going to look to capitalize in season on a hot-handed Leonard Fournette or Christian McCaffrey, whether that be for a young stud Debbie guy 
or a young up and coming guy already in the league. That would be the, the only thing I would really be looking to do. The reason that I wanted to, you know, that I volunteered to do this was one you were looking, but I was also about to send you a message asking you about a potential trade I had, a trade idea I had in this league. And I wanted to see if you would be on board or if you would tell me to step back from the ledge before I fall. Um, the trade idea that I had come up with was to trade away Kyler, who I'm worried about, Ayuk, uh, who I've got in every league. Um, and then I was going to move John Taylor while he's at his peak. And then in return, I was going to ask for Herbert, um, Javante, and Debo. If you can get that, I I, I couldn't be higher on Javante. I couldn't be higher on Javante Williams if I was floating around on Willie Nelson's back with Snoop Dogg. I mean, I just, that's how high I am on Javante Williams. And I, I originally I, reached out to the owner uh, who's new to the league um, and just asked him, you know, if he was, if he likes Murray and he said that he did. And then I asked him about trading uh, for um, Justin Herbert. And then he's like, no, he's going to hold on to him. And I really didn't pursue it much more after that. Um, I don't think I could get it done with McCaffrey instead of uh, JT. And I hate to move on from JT, but uh, I always say any player is tradable. And uh, I feel like he's at his peak. You know, I'm not sure he can top what he did last year. It's possible. But and he he pretty much clowned the rest of the league as far as running backs go. Well, it's hard to go back-to-back as the RB1 overall on a season. I, if I were going to move any of these guys, there, unless you know something in the Debbie world that I don't, and that would be very reasonable, that I, I'm I'm going to move these big name veterans in season unless someone hits me with a Godfather offer. Someone's going to make me an offer I can't refuse. Now, if I can get Javante Williams plus plus plus, then I'm in. But I I, I think the fact that this is a one QB league, and you've got a stable option in Matt Ryan. I think you've got an upside option in Justin Fields. I wouldn't be overly concerned in any move about having to acquire. I'll tell you a guy that at the quarterback position, um, especially if you have concerns about Kyler, is, and this will sound gross, and and maybe it is, I wouldn't be afraid to look at Deshaun Watson. I mean, you're talking just as much top five option, but his value is just not off the charts right now, out of sight, out of mind. And I know he's probably going to miss 6'8". 10 games, but this is dynasty. Yeah. I just feel like I'm in my window to win now. And that's where I'm, you know, I feel like I'm trading. I'd be trading away Murray who I'm worried about holding out for uh, Watson, who I'm worried about getting suspended. So that would be my concern on that. Completely understand. But I, I do think that with, with Matt Ryan, I don't know that that one's tough. Cause I, I can see Matt Ryan having a great, campaign in Indy a la Phil Rivers, his final year in the league where he passed for like 4,500 yards and 27 touchdowns and like 11 INTs and had like a nice final year. Or I could see the wheels coming all the way off that wagon. But with a, with a 1QB, I think you'd be able to hunt down a different option. Do you, uh, speaking of Ryan, do you see them adding another uh, premier wide receiver or do you think Campbell might be able to step up for that role? I would, I would love – you know, I would say up until the Colts added Stephon Gilmore via free agency with that two-year deal, right. I, re- I really thought they were going to go corner. And I still think Chris Ballard's going to Chris Ballard. 
and he's going to take a, an offensive tackle. I've seen a lot of mocks where there's an offensive tackle out of like either Central or Western Michigan that a lot of mocks have got penciled to the Colts. But as a Colts fan, you know, you'll hear the expression. I know Bucky Brooks and Daniel Jeremiah use it a lot. Um, you try to build a basketball team at your wide receiver group. And I would love to see them add Sky Moore. Really like to see them add Sky Moore. But it's dynamic. He really is. And, and here's the thing with the Colts. It's the division they're in. You know, in the AFC West, it's an arms race. Oh, you have Devontae Adams? Cool. We're going to go out and we're going to do this. You know, the, okay, we're going to go add uh, Khalil uh, Mack and I forget who else that they brought in. And then Denver brings in Russell Wilson. And it, it just becomes this, the Colts, it's like Ryan Tannehill doesn't show up to, to training camp. Justin, uh, excuse me, uh, Trevor Lawrence. We don't know what that's going to look like. Davis Mills. I just see the Colts just trying to be very conservative and win the division, get in the playoffs, and see what happens. That's my one concern. But I would love to see the Colts go sky more. That would be my number one choice. Um, but I also remember, I think you could probably still find it. I think if you go to YouTube and search Chris Ballard and Frank Reich and Paris Campbell when they drafted him, yeah, they were stoked. They were super excited to get yeah. him. And I could see them giving him one more. I could also see the Colts bringing in a guy like uh, like a Jarvis Landry. You yeah. know, let let the cuz uh, guys like Jarvis Landry, Tra, uh is it uh Mathau, the safety, a lot of these veteran guys, now that we're so close to the draft, they're going to kind of see how the draft shakes out and then you'll see some more of these veterans sign. So the Colts could do that too. But yeah, um, I would be a lot more bullish on Matt Ryan if they had more options for him. But I love Michael Pittman. <laughs> I don't think you're yeah, Michael Pittman. It's, it's not hard like that guy. No, it's not. So what else you got for me on this roster, my man? I think that's it. I just uh, kind of wanted to pick your brain on that trade and see if it was worth, you know, giving up my my diamond to get. If you can catch someone napping and you could, if you know, this will probably blow people away, but I, I like stability, even in a two for two. If I could move Murray and JT for Williams and Herbert, I would do it, even in a one QB league. I would 100% do it. You know, it, it, it hurts nothing to ask that question, even, even if there is a gap and it's yay big. It's two, three points a game between JT and Williams. I'll I'll give that up with a roster like this for the stability of having Justin Herbert as my QB. I just really wanted to, uh, you know, if I'm going to do that, I'll to get the, the quarterback upgrade and the wide receiver is what I'm looking for. And and, and you're a, a, a committed, um, consistent dynasty gamer who plays for a long time. You know, you wouldn't it be nice to get a guy like Justin Herbert and unless he pulls a, an Andrew Luck, you just solved your QB one issue for the next decade. And, and I, I don't think you have that sense of comfort with a guy like Kyler Murray. No, I don't. Not at all. And, and you know, I, I think both are equal. Like, I think Herbert last year was the QB2 overall. You're not giving up anything. The only thing that you're giving up is the perceived value of Kyler. But, again, I, I will give up. Again, I'll, I'll go worst case scenario. I'll give up four points a game, five points a game with a gap between Williams and JT, if that were to happen, I don't think it'll be that big. But even if it did, 
I know for the next decade, I don't have to worry about my QB position in this league. And I can really then go out and use my draft capital and the moves I'm making with no more quarterback questions. And then, and then if Justin Fields becomes anything, he becomes a potential trade piece for you that you can afford to move because he's not some kind of a weird QB one playing, you know, platoon system, some rotation system between Fields and, and Murray every week. Oh shit, Murray's playing the LA Rams. I better play Fields. Oh damn, he's playing whomever. Right. You, know, you just don't have that. It's like Justin Herbert submit lineup every week. Set and forget. Set and forget, like a Cuisinart. For those of you old enough to remember what a Cuisinart is. Well, there you go, my man. I uh, I, I like this roster. I think you should just go out and win a championship. Uh, I like that idea. I, I think you go out, you get that wide receiver, um, you, you you offer up that that JT Murray deal, you, you get this thing going, and you go win a championship and get ready for your Debbie rookie draft. I'll do it. We'll see what uh, we can get done. All right, man. Well, listen, I appreciate you answering the bat signal. Uh, I love doing these Patreon contractors with you guys. Uh, it keeps me motivated. It keeps me fired up about the game of Dynasty Fantasy Football, and I should probably do a better job of taking care of my own rosters like this, but I, but I really I really love the interaction, the conversation, and I want to thank you for being a patron and spending some time with me. Uh, we appreciate what you do. All right, man. Well, I love that name. His name is Randy Brown. My name is Memphis. And I want to thank you for joining us on another Patreon contractor. We'll see you in the group chat. Have a great week. I'll be dropping 10 minutes with Memphis, uh, probably Tuesday, Wednesday. Thanks for hanging out. Talk to you soon. See you guys. It's Hate Brand Goods. That's uh, my company. That is what we've started. I hope you guys have checked it out. If you want to go over to the hate.com, hate for me means it's about self-improvement. It's this self-motivation through self-loathing, this this bit of loathing of not tolerating your own bullshit, that little voice that says today's good enough or what we did's fine or no one's going to know that I'm taking today off. Like, fuck all that, man. I know. Like, I hold that standard. I'm accountable to me. And that's it. That's why I chase goals. I do it because of me. I don't do it because of what someone else is going to think of it or what someone else's approval is. And it's about holding yourself to that. The rest of that motivation can fade, but as long as you're in control of being able to make you do the shit you want to do, you're golden, man. So head over to the hate.com, use code and save yourself some cash. When we add up all those inches, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing. a game yesterday and if we win one today that's two in a row we win one tomorrow that's called a winning streak